This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crawshaw. Joining me, uh, as usual, Chase, how are we doing today? I'm amped, to to say the least. Finally, tonight, as of us recording, uh, tomorrow or whenever you're listening, like, like for uh, tomorrow whenever you're listening, it'd be, you know, yesterday, but we finally get hockey, uh, NHL regular season hockey starting up yet again. We had World Juniors, which was a great little teaser to the season. But we got the we got the real thing tomorrow or today. Jesus, tonight I'm struggling here a little bit. Sorry, I don't know why. But yeah, we, we got the real thing tonight. I'm super excited. Uh, looking forward to see Tampa get some action. How about you, Mike? Uh, I'm very excited as well. And Chase, I understand that completely. When you're just so excited, you got so much to say, and it just doesn't come out as smoothly. But it's going to be a great night uh, in the U.S. We have a triple header on NBCSN, and then I would assume in Canada they've got a double header uh, with Montreal and Toronto, and then Vancouver and Edmonton after that. So a uh, great night. And how this episode is going to work? We're going to be talking about a couple of things, talking about the roster, uh, doing some predictions for individual awards for the first half. When we come back for the second half, though, we're going to be doing a uh, kind of a intermission report from the game. So we're going to watch the first period. We're going to let you guys know what our thoughts were. Did they come out hot? Did they come out a little sluggish? What's happening? What we like? What we don't like? Uh, and then, of course, we're going to do that for the second intermission. And then when the game ends, uh, there'll be quick little, uh, you know, three to five minute pieces from each intermission and then the end of the game to let you guys know our first thoughts on the opening game of our Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, like we said, before we do that, we are going to be taking a look at a couple other things. And first, we got to talk about Julian Breezebois. I mean, the guy's a wizard. Yeah, I mean, a wizard is definitely the way I would put it. Uh, what he did with that roster, with his roster like going into tonight, really is phenomenal. So the team starting with 13 forward, 72 goalies on the actual roster plus the taxi squad. Uh, you know, you could usually carry an extra player on their roster too. But, you know, because of the salary cap, kind of had some issues. Somehow, uh, GMJB was able to maneuver his way to getting Tampa below the salary cap by $334. How the hell do you do that? I, I just, I don't know. It's it's flabbergasting, really. Uh it, it, it really is amazing. Uh, you know, he's been a hell of a, of a general manager since he took over the role from Steve Eiserman. Uh He's been one of the best in the league, if not the best, honestly. His cap maneuvering skills, is it it's just phenomenal. It's some of the best I've ever seen in sports. It really is amazing. Uh, you know, we should feel very lucky that he's the GM of the team that we are covering, a team that we are fans of. Uh, it, it really just, it truly is a sight to see because other GMs, if they were in the same situation, they might have been in some trouble. Yeah, honestly, and I can only assume that Breezebois four-pointed all of the accounting classes you need to be a uh, sports management major. Uh, that is why I dropped out of sports management. I could not deal with the accounting. I would have just absolutely blundered this job, but uh, an amazing job, and our opening roster is now set. We have some projected lines uh, for later tonight against the Blackhawks, and by the way, let's give some predictions real quick before we go over the lines. 
uh, against this Blackhawks team. They're missing a couple of big pieces. And overall, they don't really match up with our Tampa Bay Lightning. However, I don't want to jinx it and say that this is going to be like a 9-0 win. Uh, but Chase, let's give a prediction. What do you think is going to happen tonight in the Blackhawks game? No, it'll be a pretty casual, like 4-1 to one win. It's not going to be something where they just blow Chicago out of the water. It's both teams' first games in quite a bit. Uh, Tampa's played a little more recently. I think that'll help them, especially since they'd like the long break going into the playoffs. So I think I think that Tampa and Dallas are going to be a little more ready than the other teams personally. Um, so it, they should have a little bit of an advantage. And, of course, like roster comparison is a significant advantage. So, yeah, I would imagine, you know, just like a, a, a good casual like 4-1 to one win, nothing too unreal, but something where Chicago really doesn't have much of a chance either. Yeah, and I couldn't imagine what would happen if we had Cooch in the lineup too because uh, Chicago's goaltending, not really the best in the league, I wouldn't say. No. Um, but, yeah, a, a pretty pretty nice win we're expecting, that's for sure. Uh, don't expect a blowout and... If if there is that odd chance where it doesn't look great, don't worry. We've got another 55 games coming up, but we will recap that for you guys later on in this episode, I should say. Uh, so, Chase, let's now go over some of the lineups, uh, what we like, what we don't like, uh, some of the players that are going to make their debut on this Tampa Bay Lightning team this year. Uh, some exciting stuff here. Yeah, it is. So. I'll kind of go over the expected lines and then um, I'll read the two scratches we have and check over the, the taxi squad too while I'm at it. Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty. So you, you'll kind of hear who's making the team based off these lineups. And I'll give the extra two players as well. So expect lines going into the game against Chicago. First line, we have Andre Palat, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos. Second line, Alex Kaloran, Anthony Sorelli, Matthew Joseph. Third line, Barkley Gaudreau, Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman. Fourth line, Patrick Maroon, uh, Mitchell Stevens, and Alexander Volkov. On the defensive group, we have Victor Hedman, Yan Ruda, Ryan McDonough, Count Foot making his debut uh, in the NHL, and then Mikhail Sergachev and Eric Chernock. Then our two scratches that would leave Boo Nieves, who was signed off a of PTO, uh, coming from the New York Rangers, and then Andreas Borgman. And then with that, the taxi squad, you will find uh, a couple, you know, we, there's one name, maybe even two names really, that probably stick out that we missed uh, Tyler Johnson and Luke Shen, as well as. Uh, Jamel Smith and Chris Gibson are all on the taxi squad. Yeah, so I uh, am very excited to see how the team performs. And two names that I am really excited to watch, obviously, Callan Foote, first-round pick of ours. Um, hasn't seen NHL action yet. Very excited to see what he can do. Uh, trying to step in for some of the other names that we lost this offseason, like Shattenkirk, like Bogosian. So very excited to watch him. And then excited to watch Matthew Joseph, too, because he's gotten a chance a couple of times in the NHL, and he's he's tried to put in the work, and he's kind of been up and down. At least last year he was up and down. So I'm excited to see what he can do now that he's getting uh, a really solid opportunity on that second line next to Sorelli and Kalorn. Yeah, and I was reading something a little bit earlier too. Uh, there's a chance that Tyra Johnson's just very briefly on the taxi squad um, with some cap maneuvering. I don't know exactly how it all goes. Uh, he could find his way back on the roster as early as the end of this week, which that would he was practicing in that spot that Matthew Joseph is in, so he'd be putting right in that spot. Unless Matthew Joseph can have, you know, a hell of a game and a hell of a time while he's in, which, I you know, I, I hope he can. Uh, he, he's a kid that I really like, too, coming out of junior, and he's had some flashes as a pro. He's not going to be like a, you know, a, a game changer, barn burner type player, but he's a really solid, just true, like, team help you out however he can type of player. So if he can stay in the lineup, you know, that'd be great. 
Uh, but I look forward to seeing what Alexander Volkov can do. We saw him in a game last year in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, he's finally getting his full-time chance to play on this team. I think he has the ability to be not a legit scoring threat, but someone who can provide some supplemental scoring as well as, you know, he'll play the game a little hard. He'll, he'll play it the way that you want someone in his type of role to be played. But yeah, he'll still provide some, maybe some goals and some points too. So hopefully he can kind of, you know, find himself. I really like who he's playing with, Pat Maroon, Mitch Stevens. It just really, that those three just really combined for a really good line, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm very excited to have Pat Maroon back to the big rig. Uh, you got to love that. He's definitely going to bring the uh, the physicality that we love to see into our lineup. But Chase, uh, the game is on tonight between Chicago and Tampa at 8 o'clock. But we now move on to talk about some COVID stuff because, unfortunately, we've had 27 NHL players tested positive. Yeah, it's been a shit show, to say the least. Um so we don't know exactly who the 27 are, but 17 of them come from the Dallas Stars. So odds are if you pick a couple guys, you're going to be right. Um, so it's not good for Dallas. They're going to be shut down. They're probably not going to be playing games for a little bit. I don't know exactly which games have been moved or how many are being moved, whatever. But yeah, Dallas, they're they're kind of kind of the shitter right now in terms of COVID stuff. So that really sucks for them. Hopefully it's nothing long term. Hopefully it gets cleaned up. I really hope the season can go smoothly. Hopefully, you know, these cases, when they do come up, because they're going to come up, hopefully they're quickly isolated and monitored and can stay away from the rest of the team. So, yeah, I I just hope that Dallas can get to playing soon and that whoever else has COVID around the league is good to go. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I I expect to see more of this because – if you're not in a bubble, it's kind of hard to manage. I mean, the NFL, they've done a really nice job, but there have been COVID cases. There have been games that were pushed back uh, because of COVID. So uh, I expect more of this, and hopefully the NHL does as well as the NFL did. The NFL did a great job managing all that. Uh, they were able to get all 16 games in for every single team. So uh, hopefully the same can be said for the NHL in this upcoming season. Uh, but it's just going to be something we we have to deal with uh, the COVID vaccine is out there. And uh, if we can get that in play for NHL players, then that would be awesome. Uh, but as of right now, just expect something similar going forward. As, as long as we can uh, kind of get by and make sure every team gets to the 56 games, then that's a huge win in my book. You know, I got to agree too. Uh, but going back to the vaccines, uh, Batman mentioned something about wanting to buy vaccines for like the whole league. So if that's something that they can do, that'd be great. It'd be the best way to kind of keep everybody safe. Uh, it's kind of kind of a lofty, far-fetched type of thing to just get that many, especially when they're trying to provide them to frontline workers first. Very understandably, I'm all for that. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. And the thing is, though, like comparing the NHL to the NFL, the NFL, you know, half the teams travel once a week, and that's it. Where in the NHL, especially with this type of schedule, you might be playing four games in six days and you might all be in one location. You might have to travel a little bit. Like it's a lot more travel in the NHL. Uh, you know, we're even seeing it in the NBA. There's been a lot of COVID cases and stuff and been a lot of scares, whatever. And we're unfortunately going to have to see the same thing in the NHL. I just hope that it can be managed. Hopefully vaccines can come in and really mitigate or completely eliminate that risk. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, so Put your brave faces on, and uh, we'll, we'll see what comes with uh, COVID and all the games coming forward. But some more breaking news here, Chase. Mike Milbury, uh, obviously he was forced to take a break after some of his comments in the playoffs. Well, it seems like he's not returning. Nope. See you later, loser. NBC parts away with him. Thank God. I can't stand hearing his voice on the broadcast. 
it just disgusts me. I hate watching NBC because of it. I avoided NBC as much as I could because I just did not want to hear him. He is, he was horrible at his job. His analysis was terrible. You know, he, he wasn't a good coach. He wasn't a good GM. He was a fine player. So when he tries to comment on things, you know, from like the management side, it was just embarrassing. It, it's, it really angered me watching him. I, I don't get how they let somebody like him be on the air as long as they did. Finally, he's gone. But it can't be that good because freaking Mike Babcock is hopping on the broadcast and said, like, why? Why get? I know for that type of role, you want somebody who's played the game, who's coaching, who's been at a high level. Get someone who's actually semi-qualified. Get someone who's been in the media because there's plenty of, you know, color guys around the league that were former players that could take over that role perfectly fine. And I guarantee you be better than Mike Milbury or better than Mike Babcock. It just it angers me. They try to get these bigger names and these voices, but it's just not good. It frustrates me so much. Yeah, I agree. And I am not a big fan of going back to Mike Milbury. I say, I'll say, um, any, anytime I tune in when he was on there, it seemed like he was bored. It seemed like it was kind of a hassle for him to be there. And please tell me when making a lot of money, I don't know how much, I can't say, but a lot of money just to talk about hockey is a bad thing. Please tell me, because my goodness, I, I don't get why he sounded so bored. I don't get why it seemed like anytime I tuned in, it was just a hassle. Um, so I, I'm pretty happy, too, that he's gone. And then Mike Babcock, I I would have rather stayed with Patrick Sharp. And um, gosh, why am I forgetting is Anson Carter, you know? Both of those guys, I thought, did a pretty solid job over the playoffs. So why couldn't we just stick with them instead of Mike Babcock? I love what Anson Carter brings to the broadcast. I've always enjoyed him as an analyst, so I don't get why he doesn't get more of a role, like get more light shown on him. It would make a lot of sense. Um, it, 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 I just, I feel like nothing that these like big like networks do ever really makes sense. You know, they they try to be like, oh, this splashy hiring when the splashy hiring pretty much never works out, especially especially in like sports commentary and stuff. Splashy hiring someone like you know when Jason Wynn, remember when Jason Wynn went to the broadcast booth? Holy hell, just horrible. <laughs> like like you can't just bring in somebody because they're a name. You gotta bring in somebody because they're good at the job. Yeah, I agree there. Definitely. And hey, I, I'll be honest, Mike Babcock, Mike Milbury they make Pierre Maguire look awesome. I I I'm loving Pierre. I don't I don't mind me a little Pierre. No, and and honestly though, like Mike Babcock, he's a very smart hockey dude. He he's gonna provide good analysis, but he's not gonna provide it in a very entertaining way. You know, he we're we're here in Michigan. I grew up a Red Wings fan. I I heard his voice for many years. Heard him in interviews. He's got a very kind of low monotone, very heavy Canadian accent type of voice. Uh, you know, I've met him and talked to him. He's 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 a he's an abrasive guy. He's not someone who's just necessarily like extremely friendly opening. He you know he wouldn't take a picture with me unless I agreed to come to the training camp the next day and take pictures of his kid and email him to him. I was thirteen years old. I I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. Um. So you know it, it's just it's just a really weird hire to me. I I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chase. Uh, before we hop into NHL individual awards, we did want to go over the official division names quickly. We mentioned them over the last couple of episodes, and we were just going to call them the East, the West. But we do have the official names with the um, the advertisements, I guess. Uh, so the names we got the Honda West, the Mass Mutual East, the Scotia North and the Discover Central. What are our thoughts on that, Chase? I really have no issue with it. Like, you know, 
I was I was against uh, the league heavily advertising because I just feel like it's kind of selling out. I get it in a year like this, though. It makes sense. I have no problem with these division names being sold. It doesn't really change anything on the ice. Uh, the one thing that does bug me with these ads, like, have you been seeing the ads on the helmets yet? I haven't. So they were pretty much repri- replaced the logo. I thought they were going to go kind of maybe on the front or back. But no, they, like, replaced the logo on the side. So there's just, like, two, like, kind of side ads. It, it's not, like, really bad or really ugly, but it kind of throws you off at first. It makes you kind of feel like a European game. So it's a little frustrating. Um, but hopefully, that where the ads are now, hopefully it doesn't go any further than this. You can you can advertise the divisions. You can advertise the conferences. You can advertise anything that's off the ice. I really don't care. But when it gets to on the ice, just, like, like leave the uniforms alone. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like that we're seeing names that we're used to with the division names. Obviously, Honda, used to that. Discover, very used to that. Scotia, you know, same thing. So um, I, I do like the familiarity because it, it doesn't make it as seem, doesn't make it seem like as abrasive or as, you know, in your face. It's it's kind of more natural sounding because, I mean, Discover, Honda, all of them have been in the hockey scene for forever. Yeah, I mean, they're already associated brands with the NHL, so it makes a ton of sense. Makes it kind of a seamless transition, I guess, if you want to use that terminology. Yeah, so I've really got no issue against it. It would have been weird if they would have went out and got new sponsors like, uh, I don't know, Aquafina. Like, imagine the Aquafina Central or something like that. That just sounds weird. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Chase. Well, let's get on to our NHL individual award predictions now. And then after that, we'll go to a quick break and then we'll come back to you guys. Going to be hours from now for us, but it'll be just a couple minutes for you guys. And we'll be talking about the Tampa game, how it went against Chicago Blackhawks. So Chase, first NHL award predictions. We'll start off with the heart. Yep. So my choice for the heart trophy I am going with Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche. So this Colorado team, you and I both think they are poised to go on a good run. You have them winning the division. I have them being close to winning the division. And I really think it's going to be on the back of Nathan McKinnon. Take, you know, he's taken like the next step pretty much every single year after he kind of struggled for that second and third season. Uh, he's arguably a top three, definitely top five player in the league. I think he might solidify himself as that number two guy behind Conor McDavid this year. You know, Crosby's getting a little older, slowing down on a weaker team compared to teams that he has been on before. So the production might not be exactly as it was. It's still going to be phenomenal, but it might not, you know, be one or two in the league. I think Nathan McKinnon kind of takes over that number two spot with the number one player this year. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I think it was Dan Rosen. I could be wrong. But I think it was Dan Rosen who said that he thinks Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the league right now over McDavid, over Crosby. And I I can't fault him. I mean, Mc, McKinnon was awesome last year. Yeah, it's it's an argument that can be made. I'm not I'm not ready to go there. Uh, it just when you compare him and McDavid side by side, it nobody compares to Connor McDavid. He is a, you know, once in a lifetime type of specimen in terms of his elite speed, crazy to Kenny Seals, his vision, his shot, everything he does is fantastic. I mean, even when he hits, he hits nicely. Um, It's just, it's too hard to compare him to McKinnon because McKinnon does, he does a lot of those things, but he might, he kind of does them at a slightly lesser level, still in a level better than 99.9% of the league, but it just, he can't, I don't think he can ever take the leap over McDavid. Yeah, and speaking of McDavid, that is who I have as my heart winner. Uh, I think that Edmonton, other than McDavid and Dreisaitl, may actually have the worst overall roster in the North. 
Yes, even over Ottawa. I mean, when I look at their goaltending, I think it's the worst by far. Um, I think that the next closest name you would bring up was Matt Murray. I mean, he's a two-time Stanley Cup champ. Maybe I'm missing someone, but uh, I think that's those are my thoughts right off the bat. I think if Edmonton makes it into the playoffs and, and even takes the number one or two seed in the North, it's going to be on the back of McDavid. So you, you can't really fault a pick like that. I mean, I'll be honest, it's kind of a scapegoat pick, but at the same time, when you look at it, it makes a lot of sense. No, it, it does. I definitely can't fault you. Uh, he was my number two consideration. If if you if you would have went first and you would have chosen Nathan McKinnon, I would have said Connor McDavid just to be different because I think he could really go either way. Uh, so I've got no issue with it. Absolutely. All right, Chase, let's move on to the Art Ross. Is the Art Ross going to the same player as the Hart for you, or are you changing it up? So I – this is where it, like, really gets kind of tricking me because I could really go either way on this one, and I, this is the one award I have not made a firm decision on yet, but I'm just going to declare it right here and right now. I'm going to go with Connor McDavid with the Art Ross winner. So Connor McDavid, he's going to lead league in points. You know, what What a surprise. He's, he's done it before. He's obviously an elite scorer. Um, but I think him and Dreisaitl likely both stay healthy. If they both stay healthy this year, they're going to complement each other too much, where even if McDavid leads the league in points, it's not going to be enough for him to be considered the heart winner because Colorado, they're going to finish higher than standings. Nathan McKinnon's still going to be second, maybe third in the league in points. Uh, so, he'll, you know, he'll still be right up there. But, yeah, just McDavid, it, it's too hard not to choose him, really. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great pick, and honestly, I, I went a little spicy on this one. Uh, you can let me know if I'm just crazy out of my mind, or if you could see it happening. But my art Ross is David Pasternak. I I thought you know the line of him, Bergeron, Marshawn, Boston's going to be a good team again, uh, and Pasta has put up great numbers year after year. Maybe this is the year where he edges a player out by maybe one point, but because of how much help he had, he doesn't get the heart. You know, I definitely don't want to say it's impossible. I think it's more far-fetched than a lot of other names, but it's definitely not impossible. I could see it happening. I'd probably, if I had a realistic do it, I'd, I'd, you know, he'd probably fit in my top 10, but he'd be lower, closer to 10 than to 1, honestly, for my point scores. Um, it, but it's definitely not impossible. The teams have to rely on scoring a little more. Uh, two key parts of their defense that have gone away. So they're really going to need to put a couple extra pucks in the net. So it, it definitely is in their own possibility. Yeah, absolutely. And if if anyone out there is listening right now that hate the Pasternak pick, go ahead, tweet at me. Uh, I think my my Twitter username is Mitchelson21. Uh, if you can't find it, then then just do uh, Bolts Broadcast. Let me know what you think. Because, uh, I you know, I thought it was a little spicy, and I kind of like it. And we'll see what happens. But we'll now move on to the Rocket Richard. Um, I mean, this has been basically named the OV trophy over the last decade and a half. Uh, but who are you going to go f- for this year? Yes, I do have the OV trophy going to not who you think. Andrei Svechikov is winning the race chart this year. Andrei Svechikov will lead the league in goals. I've, I think he, he might get 35 in, in this 56 game season. Uh, he's just gotten significantly better over his first couple of years in the league. This is going to be his true breakout league-breaking type of year. He's going to be shown as a top-10 talent in the league, clearly a top-three scoring talent in the league. Uh, he, he is just an impressive hockey player. He, the way he skates, the way he shoots the puck, the way he drives in that, everything he does is really impressive. He has all all the signs of one of the generational type of goal scorers, and I think he starts it off with his first Rocket Richard Trophy this year. 
yeah, I, I love Svechnikov and him and Ajo together. Absolutely love that combo. 35 goals would be absolutely amazing. However, it doesn't match the 40 that Alexander Ovechkin is going to get in 56 games. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's getting 40, but I'm going to give Ovi the Richard because, honestly, I'm just pushing so hard for him to get as many goals as possible over these next couple of years because I do want him to break Gretzky's goal record. Um, and, you know, the only way he's going to be able to do that is if he's in the race for the Maurice year after year. So that's why I'm giving it to Ovi. I want to see him break the Gretzky record. And if he's doing that, then he's got to win the Richard. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there's anybody out there who would tell you that they don't want to see him break the record. If they're saying that, then they're either really old school hockey fan and their opinion doesn't matter because they're just refusing to accept new generation type of hockey or they're lying. That, that, that's, that's just the truth, honestly. Um, like o- Ovi, he deserves this award. He's the best goal scorer in the league. Uh, historically, most likely the best one in the league, too. Hopefully his numbers can get there. And the NHL is just trying to screw him over, you know, lockout after lockout or shortened season. They're, they're just like, you know, we do not want you to have this award. Suck it. Yeah, honestly. And then COVID comes in and it's like, you know, the NHL tried, but now it's my turn. <laughs> and uh, it, it can't hold them back from this 56 games, maybe a 40 goal season. Probably not. But um, that'd, be, that'd be freaking insane. <laughs> it really would be. Maybe he gets on a hot streak like he did for what was it like? 20 games in the middle of the year last year or like 10, 10, 15 games. He just went on fire. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely not impossible. Uh, I think that'd be the highest rate ever scored in his career. Probably that'd be like over two goals every three games, which is just as in today's NHL. But I, if someone were to do it, it's him. Yep, absolutely. All right, Chase, let's now move on to the Norris trophy. Who do you have one in this one? Uh, I don't know if this is considered a spicy out of pocket, out of left field, whatever the hell you want to call it kind of pick. But Miro Heiskanen of the Dallas Stars is my pick. The way he broke out in the playoffs last year, uh, it was obvious when this kid was drafted, he was going to be a really good NHL defenseman. He took off a little quicker than I thought he was going to, and I think a lot of people did as well. He's been, you know, Dallas's go-to guy defensively. I would argue he's their best player on that team. I have no problem defending him in that argument. And I think he is a top five defenseman in the league, but I, I think his scoring, you know, elevates him to being the number one guy in the league, just like not just in general, but for this season. Uh, I think it'll be close between him and our boy, Victor Hedman. But Heisinen, he you know, he has a little less help, and I think Dell still has a good team, so it's going to go to him. Yeah, Heiskanen's an awesome young player, and I'm very excited to see him, Dalin, or Dalin, if you want to call it, uh, Makar, Hughes, and a bunch of others, you know, really grow and become the new generation of elite defensemen. Uh, Callan Foot. But right now, there is one defenseman that is just the most elite above all, uh, and some may call it a homer pick. I know you won't. I know our a majority of our listeners won't. But I, I got to go with the best defenseman in the league right now, and that's Victor Hedman. Oh, not Yen Ruda. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, but, yeah, I mean, I, he, he was my number two choice. It's it's really nothing wrong with that pick. He's the best defenseman in the league right now. He's been the best defenseman for a couple of years. It's clear and obvious. He just does things that other defensemen cannot do. It, it really is impressive. I don't, he just defensive nowadays don't get you know much light shown on him unless you're Quinn Hughes or Kill McCarr because you're an 18, 19, 20 year old going on and scoring a bunch of points in the league. But Victor Hedman deserves all the credit as be, being the defenseman that he is. He just never gets it. Uh, it's really a shame. 
Yeah, and speaking of someone that never gets the recognition they deserve, can we talk about Drew Doughty and just how excellent he is? Shh. I, I can't <laughs> believe you're even, like, sarcastically saying that. You, I think you went to wash your mouth out with soap after this. I think I might have to because, my goodness, is he the most overrated defenseman in the league? I think NHL still has him at, like, a 91 overall. Like, what are we doing? What Are, are we awake? So... Like I, you know, you were you've been on the train for a while, and I'm like, you know, he's definitely overrated, but he's not the most overrated guy in, in the league. This was like three, four years ago. Like he, he's definitely not as good as he's like shown to be, but he's still a good defenseman. He's not a, really a, even a good defenseman anymore. He, like he's brutal defensively, offensively, he doesn't provide enough. Like he's just so incredibly overrated, so highly paid. I just think it would look bad on EA if they made, like, a 83 overall, get paid the money that he gets paid, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And uh, hopefully L.A., you know, they don't get stuck with some salary cap issues with their young, bright future. But, I mean, that contract <laughs> definitely might put them in some shitty situations. Yeah, yeah. All right, Chase. Vesna Trophy, best goalie in the league. Who are we feeling? So, I... I got to go with my homer pick officially. Andre Vasilevsky, I think he's going to help carry this team to the playoffs. I think he is going to be putting up borderline career numbers. He'll, I really genuinely think he'll lead the league in uh, save percentage. Uh, just a feeling that, that I have this team, the way they're built, they're going to be a really good cohesive group. They're going to score a lot, but defensively they're going to play solid. You know, they're, they're going to eliminate those kind of second chances. You know, goalies, you can count them to make the first save, but the second save, you kind of need to help them out. I think this team's going to do a hell of a job this year getting rid of those second chances. Uh, you know, he, he might only face 25 shots a game, but he those games have probably only led in one goal, to be honest. So Vasilevsky could really be on track to have one hell of a season. You know, Chase, I absolutely love this because uh, these other picks, you know, my pick was your number two or or your pick was my number two. And it, it just worked out so perfectly again because uh, I love Vassy and he's my number two pick. But I went with Connor Hellebuck, uh, another <laughs> top tier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> another top tier goaltender. And I think if Winnipeg makes the playoffs and even gets to that number one or number two seed in the north, like I was saying with McDavid, uh, if Winnipeg's able to do that, it's going to be on the back of Connor Hellebuck. So uh, two of, the, I think, easily the top two goalies in the league right now, uh, both absolutely phenomenal and easily could see either of them take home the Vesna. Yeah, 100%. Um, it, it really is not a wrong choice. Halbuck's the best American goalie in the league. Vasilevsky is just the best goalie in the league. So really, like they're, they're probably one and two as well in talent. I really genuinely think that. And you, know, you kind of saw last year Vasilevsky had to carry Winnipeg defensively because their decor is brutal. Still kind of the same thing, and, and I would still expect the same type of thing to happen, him play really well. Um, I would really be shocked if he's not second, if not first in voting. Yeah, for sure. And and now I'm I'm a little nervous with the Calder because I I felt like there was definitely going to be some differences in the Hart, Rocket, Art Ross, Norris, Vesna. Um, but for some reason, I just have this feeling we're going to pick the same guy for the Calder. So we probably will pick the same number one guy, but I'm going to tell my number two guy as well. And I guarantee you, you don't have him as your number two if you have okay. a number two. But my number one, I'll start the number one guy, Kirill Kaprizov. Same thing as you. No, I went oh, Timmy Stutzel. Good stuff. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go. I, I thought for sure you're going to go with Kirill. Uh, we have Minnesota making the playoffs. Both of us do, don't we? Yep. Yeah. So um, I, I've got to make playoffs. you got to make playoffs. And he's immediately in a top six role where Tim, Tim Stutzel, he might not be like right away in a top six role. He might be a third line guy and then find his way in the first line after two games when they realize how, how much better he is than everybody else. 
But uh, Kaprizov, he's been or Kaprizov. I, I'm never, I'm never gonna call him that. They, they can just suck one. Uh, so Kirill Kaprizov, uh, he is obviously just a really dynamic player. He's been dominating the KHL for years. He's ready to come over, take over the NHL by storm. I think he's gonna be a legitimate threat already. To like maybe not, maybe not like really like finish and get like um like I guess it's not really voting for the Maurice Richard, but like you know finish like top five in the award. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, a top 10 type of goal scorer or even, like, top, like, 15, 20 point guy. He's really got that kind of talent. He's a really special player. He's going to have, you know, point wise, like, point per game wise, one incredibly rookie season. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw, you know, Artemi Panarin, he came over from the K, uh, just put up great numbers. And he was an older player, uh, still could get the Calder trophy, though. And that's exactly what he did. That was McDavid's rookie year. So definitely would not be surprised if Kaprizov gets it this year. Uh, But just the excitement I saw or the excitement I felt, I should say, when I was watching Tim Stutzel in the um, World Juniors, it's translated and I am honestly so excited to watch the Ottawa Senators play. How weird is that to say? Last year, if I said I am so excited to watch the Ottawa Senators play, you would have thought I'm either a Sens fan or I belong in a mental institute. Yeah, but it, it, shit's changing quick because they kind of really pulled a 180 on that roster. Still not going to be a playoff team. They, it, it just They need to get together for a year, and then they'll kind of figure it out, have some guys grow a little more. But, yeah, like, I mean, our boy Timmy, he's going to be – a borderline point per game guy for a lot of years in the NHL. Not right away. Um, I honestly project him to be like a more of like a 30 point guy through 56 game season. If he's fully healthy, um, which is still a hell of a rookie season. That's still more than half point per game. If you can put up those numbers as an 18 year old, that is the sign that you're a truly special player. Um, Absolutely. And I think he'll finish top three in rookie voting, but I, I just can't go against Kaprizov. Yep, absolutely. All right, so that is it for our NHL individual award predictions. And, and I, I, I almost forgot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My number two. Sorry, I, I, I meant to say him. I just completely forgot about him because it's not Tim Schutzel. Uh, it is actually from our neighboring team for Florida Panthers, Grigory Denisenko. Uh, Grigory Denisenko, he's a name that some people might know, might not know. Regardless, he was a first-round pick back in 2019. When playing in the KHL, he's just a really fast skating good goal scoring type player. He, he can do everything on the ice. He passes the puck well. He has great hands. He's a great shot. I think he is, you know, in line to slot right into the top six and find his way. If he doesn't start in the top six, find his way there very quickly and be a legitimate 35, like maybe even more point guy as a rookie this year. Uh, I expect him to be second in rookie voting, which not a lot of people are going to expect that, but that's just my thoughts. Yeah, and I'm really excited for this rookie class because you got names like we mentioned and Denisenko, Kaprizov, Stutzla, um, and then, of course, Alexi Lafreniere, the number one overall pick. We didn't even mention him. Uh, you also have Alexander Romanov for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, it's going to be a really fun and really exciting rookie class to watch. I can't wait. Uh, but before we go to a quick commercial break, Chase, I do want to talk about this really quickly. We only have so much time. Um do you think that because there's only in division play, there's not, you know, you know, a cross conference, cross league play, do you think that divisions are going to have significantly different goals for or goals against based on, you know, the goaltending in a division? So could you see like a, a four goals for average for every team in the East with only a two goal for average in the North? Uh, it's not impossible. So you notice that 
like if, if you look at back at regular seasons in the past, you'll see that uh, some divisions end up being a little more higher scoring than others because they're kind of beating up. You know, like there's usually th- like two or three really bad teams in that division, so they beat up on them. Uh, and that could happen. I don't think it's going to be a huge deciding factor personally. I think it's going to be smaller than you know, like that gap you said is going to be like that. That's way too large. It's not going to be that big. Um, but I would not be shocked if there's one division that's just scoring way more goals than the others, and then the others are kind of near each other. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm very excited to see how that plays out because, again, there's only divisional play within your own division. There's no cross until we get to playoffs, so uh, very excited to see how that pans out. But we're now going to go to a quick commercial break. After the commercial break, we're going to be coming back. It'll be hours later for us, but we're going to be recapping a little bit of the Tampa Bay Lightning versus Chicago Blackhawks first game of the season. So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the Hockey Troll, and that snack, Polly Cupcakes, every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and vendors there. The Tampa Bay Lightning lead the Chicago Blackhawks 3 to nothing after one. Chase, a decent game so far. It started off a little slow. However, our Tampa Bay Lightning really started to pick up the pace in the last five minutes or so of the first. Yeah, it really started becoming their game at that point. Um, what Really, once Tampa started putting more shots on net, that's when everything started changing. Uh, you know, they, they were getting a little bit down in the, in the beginning of the period, you know, pucks here and there, but the real grade-A chances really came in the latter half of that period, and, I mean, you saw it with the goals that came. Yeah, absolutely, and Matthew Joseph and Anthony Sorelli both picking up goals in the last five minutes of the first period. However, I thought the most impressive goal was the little kick shot from Andre Palat on the power play, uh, a fancy goal that was uh, the start of something good for the first period. Yeah, it was pretty. If, if you didn't have a chance to see the game, uh, so Palat kind of came in front of the net, Palat was there. It was in his feet. He was able to kick it up to his stick and just kind of put it into a wide open net. It was a nice tricky play, you know, in tight, not a lot of room to work with. He made it look really good. Uh, it, was, it was one hell of a goal. I was, it, was a good, it was a good goal to start the season with, let's put it that way. Yep, absolutely. And I just want to go back to the initial kind of presentation that we got before the game actually started. And uh, it was a really nice presentation. There was a good video package. And then we got uh, the... Tampa Bay area first responders introducing the team and it was just overall a really good feel good moment. Yeah, you know, it was it was great to see the frontline workers in Tampa get that recognition. It was cool to see them uh, you know, read off the forwards and D coming out. And then when they finally unveiled that banner, uh they're not raising it until fans are in the in the seats, you know, the the saying I, I that Stamco said in the video earlier. I don't remember if it was said in that video, but in the video that Tampa tweeted earlier, uh, trophies are for the teams, rings are for the players, and banners are for the fans. So they're waiting to raise that banner until the fans show up. Uh, you know, I, I like that idea. It was cool that they got to show it off. I hope it. I think it's gonna hang there like where it is right now until they can have fans in, which is cool because you know it, it's something you can always kind of see. It's a little reminder. Hey, we just won that. Let's go win another one. 
it, it's super cool. The banner looks awesome. I, I can't wait to finally see it like raised because once that does raise, it'll be the first game with fans in the stadium after a while, and they're gonna go nuts. Yeah, absolutely. And how much would you pay to go down to Tampa and see that? Because that that'd be such a cool moment. Shit, dude. Depending on what it is, like I mean, I, as of right now, I, I mean, I can just do kind of things that please just the health and you know COVID stuff is a little bit of an issue but if COVID's a little lesser and fans are able to go and I have some free time and tickets aren't crazy crazy expensive hell who knows yeah absolutely and uh, I want to talk about the uh, commentary team now um, it's obviously tough without Doc Emmerich hockey fans we're we're so used to Doc Emmerich being there and I don't know about you but I missed him extra to this time because without his just exciting demeanor his exciting um calls and with no fans I it kind of made the the slow part of the game in the beginning seem even more slow it definitely is put the damper on the viewing experience for the fans it, it sucks because, you know, you, you don't get to hear waffle boarded into the corner anymore because, you know, Doc's just not doing it anymore. Um, so it, it, it creates for a different uh, experience. You know, the national broadcast is always something like I, I'm more of a fan of regional broadcasts anyway. You know, I like teams that they have their own guys, but national, it's a good way to get exposure. And it helped that Doc was the guy that was calling those. So now that he's not calling them, I, I don't love the national games as much just because. Like, you know, the voices are fine, but they, I don't know. They they just could be better. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And Eddie Olchek got a little um, a little choked up in the beginning during the presentation, talking about how after the video package, because the video package was narrated by Doc, uh, he, he felt like he was going to look over his shoulder and see Doc, but he wasn't there. Uh, Eddie Olchuk and John Forslund have the call tonight on NBCSN. I think, really, John Forslund's done a nice job, and uh, I applaud him and also kind of um, just feel bad for him because you have to come in this spot in Doc's shoes, and no one's going to beat Doc. I mean, he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He is the best to ever do it. And John Forslund even you know, said that on the broadcast. He said, I'm not ever, ever going to be able to step into his shoes, but I, I just, I, I would hate to be in his position because, you know, there's some idiots out there that are going to be uh, pretty rude because, oh, he doesn't sound exactly like Doc. I mean, this whole first year, not just uh, John, but all the broadcasters are going to be calling games for NBC because there's a team of them that are going to be doing it. It's not just going to be John Forslund. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not going to be the same. It, it's not going to be as good because it's not Doc. But, you know, that's the reality. It is what it is. Doc's retired. We wish him the best going on now the rest of his life. And you're going to learn to love new voices. Someone else is going to come around. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to be the next Doc Emmerich, but they're going to be the next best thing in terms of their generation. Um, it, you, you just got to, you know, cherish the memories that we had and look forward to making new ones. Absolutely. So Chase and I made the decision on the fly that uh, we are not going to do a second intermission recap. However, when the game is officially over, we will come back. Uh, But before we hop off the first intermission recap, Chase, I just wanted to say, uh, at least when I was watching the game in the beginning, like I mentioned, it was kind of a slow game. However, there were two people that I noticed, one on each team, Victor Hedman, he looked just so much faster, so much smoother on the ice, and same as Patrick Kane. I feel like if any generic fan that hasn't watched hockey in a while or, or hasn't watched hockey at all, if they turned the game on, they would immediately know that those two players were some of the best on the ice. Yeah, I mean, they, they 
are, you know, they're clear superstars. They they were standing out. Victor Hedman, he looks like he's ready to win that Norris Trophy, as we just talked about earlier on this episode, you know, him being your choice. And Patty Kane, you know, he he's not an older player by any means, but he's get he's, he's getting older. He's been in the league for quite a while, but he has shows no signs of slowing down. Um, you know, I I love the Debrinket Strom Kane line. I was looking really forward to uh, this game and for the next little bit. It sucks that they don't have Taves, but at least we get to see that line. But one thing I I have it on my phone. I just left my phone and remembered. Don't want to forget. Uh, it happened in that period. That like that weird like it, it was an offside. It was an offside play. Ended up being offsides on Chicago. But the refs put their hands like they were calling a penalty, and then they just didn't call a penalty. I've never seen that before in my life. I don't know who they're going to call it on because um, it was. Shoot, it was Shaw and McDonough, I think, ran into each other. And it was just kind of a, a weird play. Uh, didn't know if, if Chicago or Tampa was getting the penalty, but all of a sudden they just didn't call anything. I've never seen that before. Yeah, it was really weird. And to end the period, uh, we get a call, Andre Palat, for interference. We are going to be on the penalty kill going into the second period. However, uh, the team really overall has looked really good, especially towards the end. It, it really is a skill mismatch, and that's how the game's exactly going. And the Tampa Bay Lightning get their first win of the 2021 NHL regular season uh, 5-1 victory chase we decided that we weren't going to do a second intermission recap as the second period it was a lot of the same stuff uh, the only highlights a Stamkos goal and a big save by Andre Vasilevsky in the closing minute but really an overall good game that we can build on for the future yeah you know it, it was like pretty much everything was done right um, you can't really complain uh, 5-1, it, it should have been 5-0. That was probably the worst way to have a shutout end, honestly. It was just the funkiest goal you've ever seen. Nothing that really anybody can even do there, which is, is what it is. It sucks. Um, but Vasilevsky played great, made great saves. There was two really big saves in the game. Subban also made an incredible save, too. So it, it, was a, it was a fun game to watch, especially from the Tampa perspective. Probably a little more frustrating as a Blackhawks fan, but it, it was a great way to kick off the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say that through 55 shots and six goals, I thought really there was no chance for the goalies on any of the six goals. Maybe Subban had a shot on the Matthew Joseph goal, but everything else I thought was was pretty clean. It was pretty, uh, there was a fluky goal or it was pretty well coordinated. Um, when it came to, you know, most of Tampa's goals, like the one-timers, I mean, Subban had no chance. Yeah, I mean, it's just textbook grade-A scoring chances, and they all went in, really. Uh, that's what it came down to. When you get those chances and you get a lot of them, you're, you're bound to win. It's exactly what happened. Absolutely. Now, Chase, that being our first game, uh, it's, it's a big win, and we're excited, but there's still 55 games left. If we, you know, let our foot off the gas now, and you know that'd be a that'd be a big mistake because we got a lot going forward. But uh, specifically in tonight's game, what was one thing that you saw that you really liked, and then was there anything that you saw that you were a little concerned about, and you think needs to be ironed out going into the future? So the one thing that I like that I'm gonna kind of you know I mentioned I think I mentioned it on today's show maybe it was earlier in the week, um, but I mentioned one of these week shows that like this Tampa team like what um, yeah it was it was today because I was talking about how. Uh, Vasile- like Vasilevsky uh, possibly winning the Vesna. Uh, you know, he's going to make, make the first save, and then the team's not going to allow him to have to try to make the second, third save. Um, and, like, that's really what happened. There wasn't a lot of, you know, crazy scoring chances for Chicago. They had a couple. Uh, he made an incredible save, of course, there. But, like, 
Tampa kept their like big chances to a minimum, really, while Tampa themselves, they uh, really ex- exploited Chicago and t- took advantage of all their chances they, that they got. Honestly, there wasn't really one thing that like stuck out that, oh, if we keep doing that, we're going to struggle this year. Yeah, everything was done like really well. Uh, you know, There's always little things here and there, but it's nothing worth nitpicking for me. Yeah, I agree. And then I wanted to quickly bring up before we, uh, you know, hop off here, quickly bring up Kellen Foote, first ever game in the NHL. Uh, And I'll say that he wasn't very noticeable for me. And that's not a bad thing, especially when it comes to defensemen. Uh, It it just seemed like he was doing everything right to the point where I wasn't looking at him like, oh, shit, that's a bad turnover or wasn't looking at him like, holy Holy shit, is this Kale McCarr? Um, So uh, I I think a solid performance. um, And if you're not noticeable in your first ever NHL game as a defenseman, I think that's more of a positive than it is a negative. Oh, no, that's a great thing. Like a defenseman, unless you're a pure flash guy trying to like show off, score a bunch of points. um, Like if you're not being noticed and you're getting good ice time, that's perfect. And so what happened. Kale Foot's not a flash guy. He, He's someone, he, he can put up some points in his career. Like not, he won't have to be 50, 60, 70-point guy, but he can be a really reliable uh, like defenseman while putting up some points too. And it, it, was, it was a really nice first game for that. You know, he, he played sound offensively. He was making the right reads. He's someone who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And as a rookie defenseman, if you don't make a lot of mistakes, you, odds are your spots are going to be pretty safe in the lineup. Um, and, you know, he, he definitely did not do himself any disadvantages in this game. Absolutely. Our next game is on Friday January 15th against the Chicago Blackhawks again. And then we're thinking Tuesday the 19th. However, we're not quite sure. The Dallas game that was supposed to be planned for Sunday already postponed. That game against Dallas on Tuesday might also get postponed. So we do have one game that we definitely can look forward to uh, that's coming on Friday against the Blackhawks again. Another game that Chase and I would project us winning. So that's going to do it for our recap, guys. We want to thank you for uh, you know listening to this quick little recap that we could get out to you guys, but we are now going to send it back, uh, go back in the past to Mike and Chase from earlier on in the episode, and they will outro this bad boy. All right, and this is now Chase and Mike from the past as we are... Coming, coming back to outro this episode from where we started the episode. So I, it, time's confusing, but don't worry. We're back to outro the episode. Uh, before we outro, we got to do a hockey name of the day, of course. Uh, Chase just warned me that he's not 1,000% sure on how to pronounce it. He's got a good idea. Um, but because of that, I'm not feeling great about this. Yeah, it, it's just like... Name like these types of names, like from like this, uh, like country, this kind of like region, I, I struggle a little more with than others for some reason, but I'm pretty sure I, I can get this down. It's just, it's just funky. <laughs> Dude, my <laughs> eyes went so huge when I first saw this. Oh my gosh. Oh no. I don't know how to say either the first name or the last name. Yeah, the first name is the biggest issue with me, but I think I know how it's pronounced. Okay, well, I'm just going to – this is going to sound absolutely stupid, and I'm very sorry to this this person because I – I just don't know how to pronounce it. Chase will do your name justice, I I believe. I – it's going to be brutal. I apologize (laughs) in advance. All right, we're going to go Gurgly (laughs) Matt Yasovsky. 
I mean, that's that's pretty solid. It's, it's, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's gurgly, so it's kind of like like gurgle, like gurgling on on water. I don't know what the hell that sound was, but yeah, gurgly. Then Matt Yusufsky. Oh wow, I just butchered that. Matt Yusufsky. I see. It's it's just not a fun name for me to even say because I struggle with it. But yeah, gurgly Matt Yusufsky is you know it's kind of close to what you said. So I you know I'm tip my cap to you. Um, yeah. So he he's a Hungarian, and these types of names I I always struggle with uh i don't know why just kind of do uh but regardless he's actually a pretty decent hungarian player uh playing in their u21 league as a 19 year old he has 20 points for nine games right now uh you know hungary is not a hockey hotbed they don't have great international teams but he'll play for them internationally you know he might make his way to playing like the finnish league or swedish league sometime soon maybe in the german league but he's got good chances of being a legitimate type of pro playing over in Europe. Don't expect him over in North America because, honestly, if he was coming over to North America and we had to pronounce that name more and more, I, I might just die. Yeah, I don't think any GM of any team in North America would be, you know, ringing up this guy's agent being like, Hi, is... Um, is there a little shortness there? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean... <laughs> I, I want to say awesome name because it, I mean, it kind of is, but when you can't say it, how awesome can it be? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for the episode, guys. We really hope that you enjoyed. Chase is going to hit you with an outro and then uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Thank you as always for listening. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, we would really appreciate it. Uh, nothing not necessary, but it's just another way that you guys can show us your support. If you do that, we yeah would really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bulls Broadcast, that's at Bulls Broadcast. While you're at it, you might as well follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. We're doing another uh, jersey kind of giveaway, so, you know, you go, go and check that stuff out, see what's going on there. Uh, you know, maybe you could win a free jersey here coming up. Uh, but also, while you're at it, you know, we told you to follow two accounts. Might as well follow a third one. Go follow WNP on Twitter, at WNP Sports Pod. You can get our football talk, where we'll be recording a football episode right after we record this one. Uh, so, I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't want to hear our voices even more? Honestly, I, I mean, you'd be crazy if you didn't want to, but regardless, go to the hockey podcast network.com, find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Wherever listening rate is five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, you know, whatever you got, you can, you can DM us, you can tweet at us, uh, you know, get involved in our poll tool. You know, that, that poll is up for another four or five days. Uh, how, however many days it is now at this point. Uh, just, it's just about the Tampa Bay Lightning season. Uh, get your input in. 